You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into whatever beverage you're using to drown your sorrows. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. I'm back for another day of Blue Jays talk. Uh, it it doesn't get any easier, folks, after another night, a, a night that quickly devolved from a chance to enjoy the new savior of the Blue Jays pitching staff to just another bullpen game and just another night when a Blue Jays pitcher couldn't prevent a run from crossing the plate. 10-5 was the final Boston over Toronto in Game 2. J.D. Martinez continues to be just a thorn in the Blue Jays' side. He's now 6-for-9 over the last two days with five RBIs, so that's great. That's what you want to see. But, yeah, it, it just was a drag trying to watch that game. It it had all the disappointments of yes, the previous day's game, but none of the highs, say from like a couple of late blasts, like that Randall Gritchick home run in the seventh. That was that was probably the highlight. And yeah, it's just not good. It just it's it's emblematic of the Blue Jay season. The bats are finally starting to come around. They're finally starting to do some damage with people on base. They're getting hits. Oscar had that two-run home run as well, so runs are starting to come in, but the pitching staff just completely falls apart. And, you know, you expected regression from guys like Mike Hoschild. He wasn't going to go out and throw six innings shutout again. Like, like, Boston had time to get a scouting report on him. Seattle just sees this guy with the beard show up and, like, who the heck is this? Where's Brandon Compton? But, yeah, it looked like Hoschild had a much bigger problem with the strike zone that umpire Ramon de Jesus created. He was throwing a lot of pitches outside. Uh, he had three walks to go with three hits and four earned runs in two and a third innings. It just was not effective at all. Like it, it looked like a guy who'd been pitching in Fresno, really, which again resulted in the bullpen day that just does not work for this team. They do not have arms in there to pull off a competent bullpen day, and. I guess we have to talk about the parade of arms that went through and just could not do anything to prevent that Boston attack from doing whatever it wanted, whenever it wanted. Uh, Luis Santos came out and looked better. Like, Luis Santos is probably one of those arms that the Blue Jays are going to try and develop for the rest of the season just to see what they have in him and if he can be a piece going forward. And... He's looked good at times, but again, he had struggled with his control. He had three walks. He threw 36 pitches, 24 were strikes. The the 12 balls came in three at-bats. 
It's kind of silly when you think about it. Like, like one of them, obviously, the attentional walk to J.D. Martinez, but, like, it, it's really hard to be able to get where you need to go when you, you do compound your issues like that. And Hoschild had the same thing. Hoschild was li- living on the outside edge and wasn't getting those calls. Santos was just all over the place trying to locate, couldn't really get the calls when he needed to, and it just compounded things. But he did well to get out of it, only giving up one run. Then Jake Petrica comes in and just continues the trend of, you know, pitchers not really doing what they're supposed to be doing. He gave up the double to Benintendi, and then um, he had that home run that he allowed to Rafael Devers. Like, when you're a ground ball pitcher and you get it up like that, even to a young kid like Devers, like, of course it's going to go out of the park. And, again, just, just emblematic of what Boston was able to do against the Blue Jays. They had seven extra base hits off the Blue Jays yesterday, and none of these pitchers was able to prevent them from getting those solid shots, getting those line drives into the outfield, getting those balls down the line that resulted in those extra bases. Danny Barnes couldn't do it. He couldn't stop it in his inning. Joe Biagini continues to look broke. Two hits, two walks. He was just all over the place. Had a wild pitch as well. So just not good at all for Biagini. The lone bright spot on the pitching mound last night was Jaime Garcia, which when you're saying Jaime Garcia is a bright spot, there are problems. But you know, Garcia pitched a clean inning. Only took 10 pitches. If he had did that more often when he was a starter, maybe the Blue Jays would be better off. But Again, you just watch that, and it's just a disappointing night from from any stretch of the means when it comes to that pitching staff. And you you kind of look at the the offense as well, and you know this is a lost season. Everyone knows it's a lost season for the Blue Jays again. But the problem is behaving like it's a lost season, and bullpen games like this don't help. But Again, the internet is concerned with the effort put forth by Ian Hervis Solarte, who seems to be taking the LeBron approach to running out plays and hustling down the line and just just gives up really easily. And it's a worrying trend, especially if the Blue Jays are going to start bringing up younger guys. We, we've talked about this on, on the podcast before, that he can't be doing that. He has to be at least showing some kind of effort. And I I don't know what else the Blue Jays can really do. They had the option before when Brandon Drury was not on the DL to just sit Solarte and be like, all right, you don't want to run here. You can play on the bench, but they don't have that option anymore. What you're going to throw Richard Urania out there at third base. That's not good for anyone. You, you don't really want to do that. So Solarte has to play and he, he just keeps keeps jogging down the line. At least Kendris Morales, his excuse is that he can't move that fast. That is his full speed, is a jog. So But so Solarte doesn't really have that excuse and it's getting to the point where you you wonder if he's not already placed on revocable waivers to try and move him. If that isn't an option that we hear about very soon with him. Uh, there there are other guys on the Blue Jays who could hit that 
waivers uh, line. Detroit did it the other day with guys like Jose Iglesias and Jordan Zimmerman, just just to you know give them that option to try and move them out. But when you're looking at this Blue Jays team, there there are guys that are clear candidates for that. Salarte is one. Russell Martin, who actually was at 200 on the season at one point, so that's that's remarkable for Russell Martin. By the, by the way, he had another couple walks, so his on base is at 341. He's basically having the Jose Bautista season, where he's not doing it much with the bat, but he's getting on base and doing things. And and again, he's been heating up. He's almost back above the Mendoza line, which would be great for him. Would love to get that one off his batting average, but. Yeah, aside from him and aside from, you know, guys like Randall Grichuk who are who are out there trying to prove their value. Grichuk had that big home run again. Justin Smoke extended his hitting streak to twelve games. He had a three for four night. Smoke was out there, you know, dealing. He was he was doing his best to try and will the Blue Jays to another win. I, I think he dislikes the Red Sox as much as anyone else. But when you contrast that with the efforts of a guy like Solarte, who's in the lineup because the MVP candidate isn't here, that's that's the kind of thing that makes Blue Jays fans just so disheartened. Like, and it's a complete like Jan Herbert Solarte is the complete opposite of Matt Carpenter, who you know had a terrible April but caught fire in May and is now an MVP candidate. Jan Herbert Solarte had that brilliant April and then just caught uh, sick. Or Cole, or I don't, I don't know what he did, but he's just been steadily plummeting since then. His batting average is down to 234. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember the last time he hit a home run, or at least one that mattered. But yeah, it, it's at the point where Salarte can't be getting this kind of playing time anymore. That was a big reason why they acquired him from San Diego. They thought, oh, the ex- he'll he'll have his playing time and he'll be good. But but no. The guy has hit one home run in the last month. That that's absolutely unacceptable from a guy who's swinging for the fences at every opportunity. It's what he bases his game around. And He's been so bad at it lately that he's lost 35 points off his batting average from its previous high this season. It's not it's not any kind of good for what the Blue Jays want to be able to do with him moving forward. So that that's a big thing. Like the the pitching was bad, but I'm just as disappointed in in Solarte's efforts like that. And it it's time for him to, to really reassess and, and be pulled back from the bench and really try and figure out what kind of ball player he wants to be because he's showing he can't be a starter at this point. But that is par for the course. Let's this is this is all very disheartening. So let's talk about something happy right after this. Alright, so while the rest of us were, you know, watching that display of quote-unquote baseball last night from the Blue Jays, the smart people, and I was not one of them, the smart people watched the Buffalo Bisons game last night because Vlad Jr. was playing, and Vlad Jr. did things that make him the number one prospect in the majors. He hit his first triple-A home run against Gwinnett last night. The Stripers, which, okay, 
Um, I, I only know you for having Jose Bautista for a little bit, so good work. Good work on that. But yeah, that, that kind of excitement. And I've, I've seen fans on Twitter talking about how, how much happier they were seeing Buffalo playing as opposed to Toronto. Um, friend of the show, Sean Smith was down there watching that game. So he got to see Vladdy's home run in person. And it, it is what the Blue Jays are looking for. It is that hope that the Blue Jays are trying to find. It's all in the lower levels. And, I, and last night, I resorted to trying to just be like, it's okay, look look who's coming. Look who's going to be here for the Blue Jays, and we won't have to watch whatever the heck it is we're watching. But, yeah, seeing that kind of news pop up, seeing Vlad Jr. raise his batting average in AAA to like 478, I think. Like, it's showing just how special a talent he can really be. And yeah, he's not going to be up this year. There's absolutely no reason to bring him up this year. But he's, again, he's the kind of guy who you have to hold on to and, and look for that hope. Paying forward, he, he actually got out. So his average is 455. He has an OPS of 1.263, which is insane. Like... I mean, it it's it's hopeful, and and you get really impatient seeing that kind of thing because you're like, okay, just just get up here, save save me from watching Jan Harvest Solarte give fifty percent effort on a ground ball, or you know, just watch balls go by him down the line. It's like he cannot get up here soon enough, and. Again, maybe that's why people are comfortable saying, oh, we'll let Josh Donaldson go for nothing. I, I still think Donaldson's going to be back. I think Donaldson's move is to take the qualifying offer, and then if the Blue Jays want to deal him at that point, they can deal him at that point and get a better package than they would have if they traded him at the deadline, or even if they traded him in August, which, again, I've seen articles saying that eh, Donaldson should be traded. No, don't do that. That's stupid. But... Yeah, seeing the news out of Buffalo and and before that New Hampshire. That's what the season is about. Sadly for the Blue Jays. And and it was good to see Reese McGuire get a home run as well. McGuire's never been a guy known for his offense. He's been solely defensive, you know, in in that kind of backup catcher mold, so to speak. So, if he can start showing he has a bat to match Danny Jansen, that's that's a plus for the Blue Jays as well, because then they have that insurance policy if they do want to move on from Luke Maley or if Russell Martin gets claimed on those revocable waivers and gets moved, then then they know they're going to be set in the future. So that that's a positive to see. But again, they are few and far between. So I think I think that's positive enough to end this episode with. It's another short one, but again, there's there's not much to talk about from just that kind of display that the Blue Jays put forward in that game last night. So if you want to talk about other Blue Jays things, maybe Jacob Waxpack's performance since coming over to the club or any anything happy, I guess. that That's what we're kind of looking for is happiness. When it comes to this Blue Jays season, uh, 
you can hit me up on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at LockedOnJays. And, you know, Fan Fridays tomorrow, I'm sure it will be just as upbeat as it has been. So if you have any questions, any comments, uh, look for me on Twitter tonight. We can talk about them and see them on the podcast tomorrow and get your name in headlights. And by headlights, I mean I will mention it in a tweet. That's what I can offer. But, again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Locked on Blue Jays. I've been Ryan Andrews, and y'all take care.